And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. How are we doing right now? Your Toronto Raptors are winners. Today is the day your Toronto Raptors are winners against the Miami Heat. As you can see, we are here as always. Myself and my guy Q. Q, what is going on, my dude? How you feeling? How you doing on this holiday Monday holiday in the city Monday. of Toronto? And you know, yeah. But how how are you doing, man? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. You know, got, got some basketball, some Raptors basketball in August. The Raptors still looking like the champs too. Like that's kind of key. That's really cool. That's kind of really dope to see. As two games in, your Toronto Raptors have won two games in a row. Yep. As they are now winners, 107 to 103 over the Miami Heat. As mentioned, my name is Sheldon Alexander. This is the Wrap It Up podcast. We do this live on a couple platforms now. As you can see, bear with me here. You know, we got a lot of technical stuff going on because there's a a different setup we got going on here, right? We're live on Twitter. We're live on Instagram. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. And just with all these setups, we got like graphics, we got keys and stuff that we can add live. Like what's going on? There's a lot going on here. So of course, bear with us as, you know, I think our real wrap it up fans know, you know, unpolished and unapologetic, right? Definitely. That's how we work. That's how we run in. So it ain't going to change now, but really appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. And just know that in case you can't get the show live, just know that we do pop back up on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. You can find the podcast there as well. Just search On Blast Podcast. Yes, this wrap it up is part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And I can't, I got to be honest right away, Q. I'm happy to be back here as the only Toronto Raptors live and interactive post game show there is to be here for games like this because the Raptors, who are the defending NBA champs, right? still have their fan base begging for respect from the U.S. media. And I urge people to worry about what your own media says about your team. Who cares about what the U.S. media is saying? Because let's be honest, y'all aren't really paying attention anyways. Because if you were, you would know that Michael Wilbon, you would know that Charles Barkley, you would know that Kendrick Perkins, you know that Mark Spears have all picked the Toronto Raptors to make it back to the NBA Finals. There aren't many bigger or higher profile, like there's not many, there's a couple, couple. but those are some pretty high profile names in the NBA and they're on the Raptors train. So I urge you, who cares? Because the Raptors are winning, the Raptors are putting in work and this game against the Miami Heat, I mean, I I, this is going to sound bad, I expected a win cue because of how the Raptors played against the Lakers. Yep. Like it showed me that they were ready. Yeah. But what did you take away from this game just 
first off, like overall impressions from this game, Raptors against the Miami Heat. Um, scrappers. Mm-hmm. They don't. It, it's it's at times it's not going to be fancy, mm-hmm. but it but what they're what they're doing is is working. Yeah, it's it's starts on the defensive end. We all know defense wins championship might not be the prettiest game to watch. It might not be you know 135 to 133. But it's it, it's basketball. It, it's it's pure. It, it's it's good to watch, especially when you come out on the winning on the winning end. Yeah, and the Raptors getting the win, as mentioned, one hundred seven to one hundred three, and it was a pretty cool game. But I think right off the top, we got to bring up your man's Fred Van Fleet, yep. who had the game of his life. Right? Yep. I mean, Freddie. He had it cooking on all cylinders. Thirty six points for Freddie. Eight of sixteen from the floor. Thirteen of thirteen from the free throw line. And this was a big game for Fred Van Fleet because the other way to look at this is Freddie had was averaging 13 points per game against the Miami Heat yep. in the Raptors' first two meetings with those teams earlier yep. on. And to go from 13 points per game to your career high, yeah. <laughs> not a bad look for Freddie. But how not did Freddie look to you, Q? What did you think? Freddie looked Freddie look good. I think... First off, what the last game against Miami is one from eleven for the field, so obviously his, his shooting problems against Miami are out the window. And I think it's important that it wasn't just that he had the hot hand; is he was forcing the defense. Mm-hmm. Thirteen. When have you ever seen Fred Van Fleet shoot thirteen free throws? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not not it doesn't often happen, but he was driving. He was laying the ball up. He was he was forcing the defense. Uh, when Tyler Hero was guarding him, they, he went strong at him. Yeah, Fred definitely a better, better game than he had uh, Saturday night. Definitely, I think too. If you're Freddie, the one thing I find super interesting is he, along with a couple other other Raptors, right? Because one thing to bring up: the Raptors came into this game zero and two against the Miami Heat yep. this season, and one of those games was an OT loss where the Raptors struggled early on, or sorry, they struggled in overtime, where Jimmy Butler just kind of took over in that OT loss. In the second game, the Raptors as an entire team struggled as they only put up 76 points in an 84-76 to loss. And in the first two games against the Heat, they were only averaging 93 points, shooting 35% from the floor, and just 9.5 fast break points. Now, the Raptors lead the league in fast break points, but the Heat lead the league in giving up the least amount of fast break points. So it's a it's a battle of styles. And the reason why Miami was so successful in those first two matchups were the matchups on the floor, meaning yeah. Bam Adebayo going against Pascal Siakam. Let's be honest, he had him on the clamps the first two games. Yeah. And this game, the Heat came out with a different strategy. They tried to have Jay Crowder guarding Pascal early on. And spicy, <laughs> spicy P wasn't having that. Yeah. He was putting in some work. <laughs> what did you think of Miami's decision to go with Jay Crowder to guard Pascal early instead of Bam? Um, well, one I, I still think you got to remember for Miami, for Toronto, for the Lakers, these aren't exactly crucial games mm-hmm. we're playing here, right? It's yeah. it's kind of more of get your feet wet. Yeah. Right. So I think they were trying some different things. We never played Miami with. After the trade, right with Iguodala and Crowder. Uh, no, I don't think so. Right? But so don't this, hold me. I don't so, remember. Yeah, that. so this was like a new look Miami team, different from those last two games. I think they tried a few things. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. No, it um, didn't work. 
Pascal is getting busy early, yeah. and, and it's funny because the the threat that Pascal Siakam is now, where he can hurt you shooting threes, or he can hurt you blowing by you if you're too big of a defender trying to guard him. Yeah. And Jay Crowder should be, in theory, the kind of perfect defender for Pascal. Right. But Pascal looked at him a few times, especially early on in that first quarter. Pascal at 13 in the first quarter. And Pascal, I mean, in the first half, pardon me. And Pascal looked at Crowder and he was just wetting threes in his face. And Crowder, the book I don't think is fully out on Siakam yet because there's too many defenders that just want to give him the three-point shot and they'll let him. And maybe that's a lesser of two evils. I don't know, but it, it was fake defense. You're not even contesting the shots. And at this point, can you guard Pascal like that and just let him shoot threes, Q? No, because if he gets comfortable, then it just opens up the rest of his game. Yeah. So, yeah, you just can't. <laughs> I mean, you probably, I think you'd probably prefer him just shooting threes, but yeah. once he starts hitting a couple, you got to get on him. Yeah. Um, definitely was an interesting start for Pascal Siakam of course he scored he had five like very early and I didn't really like the matchup either I gotta be honest um the one thing I found super interesting was when they were trading threes Pascal started off 13 points early five of seven from the floor three of five from three as mentioned and he really carried the Raptors because after the first quarters 23 17 Raptors were up they closed that first quarter on an 8-0 run but through one quarter Pascal was 5 of 7. The rest of the team was 3 of 16. Yeah. So it was all Pascal early on for one quarter. And then the Miami bench came in. And Miami's bench, it's interesting. You said it kind of reminded you of the Raptors just in terms of they depend on their bench for a lot of scoring. Yeah. They're a very very deep team. They have... There's there's multiple guys on that bench Mm -hmm. that would be starting for a lot of NBA teams. Yeah. Dragic... Yeah. Well, obviously, you guys seen tonight. I've seen playing against the Raptors in the past. Iguodala, Iguodala, yes, he's transitioned to more of a six-man role, but he is it's Iguodala. Yeah. Um, Olenek, Tyler Hero. So they they do have they do have some depth. And depth, I mean, Dragic came off the bench and led the team in scoring. He had twenty-five yeah. points in this game, nine of fourteen, and and you know. Even hit a couple threes, had some assists, five assists, five rebounds. But I think what Dragic gave them was energy. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about their decision to start uh, Dragic, or sorry, to go with Uh, Kendrick Nunn as their starter over Dragic. And it's interesting, but it's matchup based, right? Because I feel like a guy like Kyle Lowry, Dragic and him are kind of similar in the kind of like craftiness in terms of making sure they get certain calls at certain points, but also taking over the pace of the game and the flow of the game. So when Miami was struggling early and they went to their bench very early on and their bench comes in and it was led by Dragic and Igudala, first off, those two guys coming off your bench, I bet there's a lot of teams that would like that to be (laughs) their first two guys, right? So Miami came out, they went on an 8-2 run to start that quarter, but then the Raps were able to answer with, as I mentioned, Kyle Lowry, doing Kyle Lowry things. And although Kyle didn't have the same game that he had against the Lakers, what did you make of Kyle's stat line or Kyle's play in this game as Kyle Lowry finished 35 minutes a lot, he was in foul trouble early on, but still guts out 14 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists for Kyle. 
Kyle in this Kyle, much like the LA game, when Kyle is on the floor, so far Kyle has been the best player on the floor. Yeah. Of course, Van uh, Van Fleet had the big, the big game, the big scoring numbers, but Kyle Lowry controlled the game. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a Kyle Lowry game. Yeah. Right. And anytime the Raptors are playing in a Kyle Lowry game, the Raptors are going to be Kyle Lowry is our team leader. He yeah. is. It, it's going to work out well for the Raptors. He was he, he was doing it all again, mm-hmm. picking up rebounds, picking up steals, taking charges, getting the, the other team in foul trouble. It, 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 he, he was doing it all. You know, it's really dope to see when Kyle Lowry. So obviously Kyle had it going all game against the Lakers. Yeah. This game, it wasn't really the same kind of vibe. But I think this game was more what we can expect from Kyle Lowry on a normal basis in terms of him being able to pick his spots. Yeah. And as long as Freddie was carrying the scoring load, we mentioned Pascal early on, that allows Kyle to pick his spots, especially late in the game where he's doing his Kyle Lowry things because, again, my guy went, what, two of eight from the floor, but he got to the foul line, nine of nine from the foul line. And pay attention to when he gets to the foul line because that is super important as well. Stop a run. It's to maintain a run. It's it's, it's in opportune times that it happens. Watching Kyle Lowry get his vet on is so incredible. Like, I just think it's such a dope thing for Kyle Lowry to just watch him play and do what he does because it's so underappreciated unless you watch him on a consistent basis. As I know, the chat room's probably filling up on both sides, just applauding Kyle Lowry as well as Freddie. But Kyle, especially, is, you know, he cements his place in Raptors folklore as that dude. But again, as mentioned, Freddie. Had some work, put in some work. Raptors were four of six from three in that second quarter. They led 48-44 at the half. And the first half was Pascal. Mm -hmm. The second half was Fred Van Fleet. And we touched on Freddie a little earlier, but I really want to highlight what Freddie did in this quarter because I think a key part here, and we're going to, you know, take this time to give Freddie Van Fleet our clean cuts player of the game yeah. as our player of the game brought to you by clean cuts as mentioned you know yeah. skipping the crew taking care of you hit them up on instagram book your appointment go check them out on the east end in danforth but covid train and covid uh, friendly oh yeah oh yeah skipping them got you covered and freddie had the raptors covered in this game especially come third quarter he came out and he was just knocking down threes as the Raptors built up a 10-point lead. And in fact, the Raptors lead got up to as much as 17 yeah. in that quarter. And I mean, to watch Fred Van Fleet and the way that he was doing it, Q, it makes people wonder. Every time Freddie has a game like this, oh, does he have to get the bag? Is Freddie getting the bag? <laughs> We're not going to have that talk because there's going to yeah, be enough yeah, of that. Yeah. But just in terms of Freddie's third quarter... What did you what did you like from the energy that Freddie brought in that third quarter? Because it was key because Kyle was in foul trouble. Yeah. So Freddie had to Yeah. Um it, it was reminiscent of when Kyle got injured mm-hmm. earlier in the season and Fred kinda took over, took over the reins and the leadership on the on the team. Yeah. And again, he was doing everything. It wasn't just he didn't just have the hot hand where he's hit a couple threes. But you always know when Fred's really got it is yeah. when he starts hitting those deep daggers when you're like kind of like what are you taking that oh and then he makes it you know where you kind of question that shot yeah. but it but it just goes in clean yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. so you always know he's got a hot he's he, it's gonna have a good game when he's when he's got that going 
Yeah. But like I said, he was driving. Deep, deep, yeah. deep dagger. Yeah. He hit like, yeah. yeah, you're right. That's when you know he's feeling it. All that was missing was a scream from game six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you know Freddy's really on one. But yeah, Fred Van Fleet definitely gets our player of the game. Again, his stat line puts up a career high 36 points for Frederico. Add in four re- or four assists, five rebounds for Freddy. He finished 13 of 13 from the floor. And again, he took the cues from Kyle Lowry yeah. in terms of the vet game. When Kyle was yeah. out of the game, and even though the Raptors broke out to that 17-point lead, Miami started to make a push at certain points. Right. And Freddie was just like, no, I'm going to get to the free throw line. I'm going to stop the run, which I always credit to Kyle Lowry. Right, That's the thing yep. you see Kyle do all the time, and I think Kyle got that from his boy, Uncle Chauncey Billups, yep. right? Just being the point guard and dominating the play and taking over, taking control. Floor general. Exactly, Q, exactly. And Gogo Smart points out, uh, uh, just this is a, a good point here. Mm-hmm. So Kyle Lowry was the top rebounder against the Lakers. Kyle Lowry, again, was the top rebounder in the game with eight, tied with uh, Bam on Miami. So... That's a great point, and Kyle Lowry clearly has decided that he is going to help out the fellow bigs. Yeah, He is going to also ju- jump in and decide that, hey, I'm going to contribute in multiple ways. And this is why we love Kyle Lowry, because even when the scoring, I mean, he put up 14 points, but his yeah. shot wasn't going, right? right? As mentioned, two of eight from the floor. But why the Raptors team last year was successful and why the Raptors team this year is su- successful is because even if I'm not scoring... How can I contribute to the game, right? So Kyle Lowry did that for sure. Fred Van Fleet took over in the third quarter as he really just had 18 points in that third quarter. And again, I got to mention this. This is after Freddie only averaged 13 points per game in the first two games against Miami. Stepped up in a big way. And the thing that you mentioned, you touched on earlier, but maybe elaborate a little bit on it here. Kyle and Fred, whenever they saw Tyler Hero, whenever they saw even the rookie Kendrick Nunn, but when they saw certain dudes, their mindset changes, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's good to see because then you can't lay off them, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just say, we're going to focus on Siakam and and Fred. You yeah. know, it becomes a three-headed monster. Mm-hmm. And as OG starts to progress, a four-headed monster. And we know Serge and Mark can have their games. So you, you put pressure on the defense. Yeah. right? There's not too many teams that are throwing out, much like the Raptors do, five defensive guys or guys who will actually actively play defense. right? Yeah. There's usually one or two weak spots. For sure. For sure. And it's great to see just Freddie grow and develop. And much like we talked about OG and Anobi last game. Yep. Yeah. With Freddie as well, I think it's going to come down to consistency, right? As you see these young... Because they won the championship, so they got a lot of learning on the job last year. But those guys are still young, right? They're still young NBA players, so there's still room to grow. So Fred Van Fleet, kudos to him for stepping up big in this game and earning our clean cuts player of the game. And it's really based off that third quarter. As mentioned, Frederico doing work in that third quarter, really keeping things in check and as mentioned 18 points in that third quarter but Miami kept things close and as mentioned it was because of their bench yep wasn't just Dragic though who else was coming off the bench and, and looked all right for them um as I bring up the box score yeah Dragic uh Tyler Dragic. Tyler Hero yep 
made some big plays, hit some big shots. Um, so you had Olenek off the bench with 17. Yeah. Tyler Harrell had 12 off the bench. And Dragic, as mentioned, had 25. And they were the ones that really made the push. Yeah. And maybe the reason was because the Raptors bench isn't what we're used to seeing from the Raptors bench so far. Not even close, but yeah. If I told you Serge had 15 in this game, is that shocking? Like, I was like, yeah, oh, I don't, okay. I couldn't tell you more than maybe two <laughs> baskets Serge, that Serge hit. Right. But, I mean, hey, every every basket counted in this game. For sure. Um, yeah, the, Sur- the bench definitely has to get going. Surge with 15, Norm with 7. Norm really struggled. Yeah. Norm was missing some free throws. Not free throws. Missing some bunnies right at the rim. Yeah. And that just looks like rust. And maybe after struggling for, against the Lakers, not really a good showing in this game. Maybe he's pressing a little too much. But yeah. what do you think Norm needs to do to kind of get back to the norm that we saw for the majority of this season. I think that's just it, right? Just get back to what you were doing, what made you successful prior to the break, right? Mm-hmm. Driving to the basket if your shot's not falling. Yeah. Being more active, getting getting being more active on defense. It's doing the little things and as you start get to get your feel back cuz again, it's it's a, it's a brand new season basically, right? Yeah. You you were off for 4 months. Mhm. Right, so it's not like it's the next game where you just came off a twenty-point game and you know a big streak, and he was even injured right before the break. So it's been even longer for him since he's had actual NBA basketball. Yeah. Right. So just get back and do the simple things and the things that that made you successful and got you to the point where you were. The other thing I, I want to touch and highlight what you just said about Norm's game, and as we watch most of these games and we notice the difference between good Norm and bad Norm. Mm-hmm is when he gets things started going to the basket first, yeah. right? And then steps out and starts taking the shots. And, you know, he's got to get back to that and be aggressive. And we saw that. We saw the positive steps. He just missed a couple of layups. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about Norm, no. right? Because you, you know just the way that this team plays and the way that, you know, they've had two really tough games against the Lakers and Heat, who are two of the top teams in the league yeah. and is, and two of the better defensive teams in the league. But a normal Raptors team against normal NBA teams, they're getting out and running, and there's more effort in terms of getting out in transition. Yeah. As we saw from, there's one great play, Norm on the fast break, alley-oop to Siakam. Yeah. That's the, the Raptors team we're used to seeing, getting turnovers and letting their athletes run the floor and get up and down. But yeah, so third quarter, Raptors led 84-79 after three. We talked about the bench for the Raptors struggling and the bench for the Heat really doing the job and giving them the boost and erasing a 17-point lead and, in fact, taking the lead at certain points. But this is where you know my focus is on the Raptors from this entire season. I've said it from the beginning, with no Kawhi, what do you do in winning time? Yep. What do you do when things get tough? And we got to see that in this game because... Again, the Heat make their run. They take the lead. No panic at all. Yeah. Who was it again for the second game in a row? Kyle Lowry comes in, and he says he's going to make the plays. Yeah. He tried to get to the line. He didn't get the call at one point. I mean, there were some weird calls in this yeah, game. <laughs> First off, right? <laughs> the, ref, the refs have to get back to, to get back in the flow, I guess, too. Right? I guess. The refs, the refs got to – it's a restart for the refs yeah. as well, yeah. right? There was weird plays like that one when uh, who tripped? Oh, Dragic, Dragic tripped OG. That and wasn't that. 
that wasn't well, a flagrant on. because OG didn't get hurt, according yeah, to the exactly. Rule. He described it's a flagrant <laughs> foul, but because OG didn't get hurt, it's a common foul. <laughs> Which what? <laughs> like how does that make sense? Someone explain to me how that makes yeah, sense. It's, it's, I don't I don't know how that's a yeah. thing. But then the same ref yep. calls a flagrant mm-hmm. on what is actually a basketball play mm-hmm. where Olenek swiped at the ball but hit uh grazed kyle's face yeah and, and that, that was, was a flagrant so <laughs> weird calls all over the place but i give the raps credit because even down the stretches lowry tried to take over and get to the line and do what he does and just make the place for the raps he makes sure he got to the free throw line he didn't get a call at one point but he kept going and really making key free throws late and as a raptors even though they weren't scoring, they're getting to the line. Whereas yeah. the heat down the stretch, they kind of fell apart. Yeah. A couple horrible turnovers between Jimmy Butler and Dragic, yeah. which shouts to Sherm who brought this up from the start of the game. But there's a weird stat in which Jimmy Butler's uh, field goal percentage goes down by the quarter. Yeah. Which is weird and not the normal Jimmy Buckets that we're used to seeing. Yeah. But for some reason, this season, something's off. And when Sherm said that before, I love the way that, Sh- and shouts to Sherm, by the way. Uh, haven't seen my guy Sherm in a long time, but I always rep Sherm and always say, one of the nicest dudes in the build in the business for sure. Shouts to Sherm. But when he described this in the pregame show, he described it as saying, I don't really know what this stat means because it's just weird. Right? Like, there's no explanation for it. And then we watch this game, and especially late, we're used to seeing Jimmy get buckets, especially late in the game. Or at least get to the line, do something, right? And instead, it was just back-to-back turnovers. What went wrong for the Heat down the stretch? Like, how was that a thing where they couldn't even get shots off? They were just turning it over. Are you crediting the Raps' defense? Um... I mean, Fred Fred did get a hand on a couple of balls in there, mm-hmm. but I think also during the the game, mm-hmm. how much does Dragic and Jimmy Butler play together? Where they where they've developed some type of chemistry, mm-hmm. right? You can't have these guys play, you know, it's Jimmy's time and then it's Dragic's time, and then all of a sudden fourth quarter comes and it's crunch time and it's yeah, you yeah, put in yeah. two guys together that don't normally play together especially two guys where they're yeah. both ball dominant yeah no right? for sure so now you're asking Dragic who's a point guard to play off the ball mm-hmm. or Butler who's used to having the ball in his hand to play off the ball so yeah. it, that chemistry there is doesn't always it's not always going to work it is a weird thing to see just them fumble the game away but yeah credit to the Raptors as well because as you mentioned, defense wins championships. It sounds cliche, yeah. but it's real spit. You As the it. Raptors down the stretch, they were able to come up with stops and force turnovers against the Miami Heat when it mattered the most. And that leads to a victory. As the Raptors win, as mentioned, 107 to 103, as they improve their restart record to 2 0. But also, if we go back, this is the Raptors' sixth straight win going back to the yeah. regular season. Yeah. And. They just haven't missed a beat. They look they look great so far. Two very tough teams. And one thing I mentioned early on, Q, while we were watching the game, on our preview show I did with Webster, I mentioned I have no idea who's going to win the East. Yeah, I still don't, right? And it's not a cop-out, but the reality was I still think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors won the East, the Bucks won the East, the... 
Celtics won the East, the Heat won the East, or the Sixers won. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's just me. You can call me whatever you want, but that's just my <laughs> opinion. Watching a lot of ball, okay? Yeah. Watching the Raptors so far through the first two games, though, I can't lie. That makes me take a step back and think, okay, these guys are ready. These guys yeah. are focused. They still believe, no, 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 we the champs. You yeah. see the shirt. Oh, no, I can't. I don't think you can see it, actually. Instagram people can see it. We got the shirts coming. If you're yeah. reading this, we still champs. Yeah. These are the facts, and the Raptors are still cooking right now. And how much more do you believe in their chances of getting back to the finals now after seeing the first two games in the bubble? Well, def- well definitely, especially the last game, you know, and then even again, again, even tonight, because mm-hmm. you thought, you know, you beat the Lakers in the, in the read, maybe this is your letdown, but no, they came out, they came out strong mm-hmm. and, and, and maintained throughout the game. So, I've always been a believer because I'm not I'm I'm not a believer of some of the other teams in the East. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to those matchups. Yep. Right. Who 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 makes it through to the second round? Because that's not even a given. It's not like it's, it's a given where it's going to be like last year was kind of a given who you were going to play. Yeah. This year, who, who wins? Yeah. Right. That's true. So I think it's going to come down to matchups. It's going to come down to which team stays healthy. Yeah. And just who's. Who's firing on all cylinders when it comes down to those games? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be super interesting to see how it all plays out. Because, yeah, matchups dictate everything, right? Because, yep. you know, certain teams, you got to have bigs to try to contend with Embiid. Yep. Right? Uh, you got to have the wing athletes to try to contend with Miami. Yep. And the Raptors. And the Celtics. Right? So it's just different looks. And who knows what TJ Warren's on, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Oladipo's about to come back, right? So lots going on there. And you know what? I want to give a huge shout to the people in the chat as we do our Ask on Blast segment, which tons of people in the chat on Twitter. And, you know, shouts to the people watching. For you, if, In case you don't know, we're now streaming live on Twitter, on Facebook and on YouTube and on Instagram as well. So the chat room is filling up in both places with comments. Let's get to some of those. Mike checks in on Twitter and he says six more games to get the bugs fixed before the playoffs, which I mean, they look good and you get Orlando next, which, Hey, don't sleep. You got to still take care of business, but maybe that's a game where you get the bench involved and see if you can get, the bench looking more normal, right? Maybe Kyle gets a bit of a rest. Yeah. Right? Well, I think well, definitely that game, but I think just winning these first two games mm-hmm. takes that pressure off of the next six Yeah, where Nurse can now, you know, maybe focus on getting Norm and the bench yeah. cooking. For sure. For sure. You know, and just maintaining, trying new things, trying new setups, new new lineups, whatever it, whatever it is. But gear, gearing up for the playoffs, getting everybody firing. Uh, Linda on in, on Twitter, sorry. Linda checks in and says, Fred from Kyle, Fred learning from Kyle, going to the free throw line, LOL. Also, she says, I love this team. They don't care who scores as long as they win. That is very key, yeah. right? Because yeah. Pascal, as mentioned, came out gunning early and... The Heat did put Bam back on him in the second yeah. half, yeah. but it's still not like he was forcing. He still didn't force. He yeah. kind of, you know, played his position, took his shots when they came, but let Freddie cook. Same yeah. with Kyle. We know the Kyle and Fred relationship already. They kind of let each other cook whoever has a hot hand, right? But 
how important is that to have that camaraderie amongst your team where, hey, it doesn't matter who's getting it in. We'll just feed the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important, especially for a team like this. Again, without that elite superstar number one guy like we had last year, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to have, again, it's a young team, so you're not going to have that. Kyle's not giving you 30 a night, right? Sorry, I saw a comment that made me laugh. No, but I hear you. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Fred's not going to give you 30 a night. Siakam's not. He's capable. Like Everybody's capable of giving you 30, yeah. but it's not going to be a consistent thing. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be important to have two or three guys in those double digits, in that, in that 20 range, yeah. to maintain. Totally. Totally agree. Uh, the thing that made me laugh was my guy LT <laughs> checks in on Twitter, and he writes... Shell betting all sides like he's Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. <laughs> People who watch Game of Thrones really get yeah. that reference. And if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you're like, what are you guys talking about? So have a chuckle and I'll move on. <laughs> but LT, thanks for that. Really appreciated that. Uh, more comments here. Sanjay says, oh, out of all the teams in the East, the Heat is the last team you want to face in the playoffs. The, the reason I agree with that. I really do agree with that. Maybe not the last team because obviously Giannis is a problem and the Celtics kind of, I think I fear the Heat more than the Celtics and I'll explain why. The Heat have more vets Mm -hmm. and Spo and Brad Stevens in terms of coaching, Spo's been through more battles. I'm not saying who's a better coach, but Spo we know can drop a game plan to make adjustments and do all those things to get deep in the playoffs. We've right. seen him do that before. Yeah. Brad Stevens, he's done it too, right? Dealing with the injuries without Kyrie. Yeah. And and they made it to the conference finals, but I still had to give the edge because of the rings, LeBron or not, to Spo. Yeah. But with the coaching and with the added depth from the vets and that bench in, that the Heat have, that's a tough, 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 tough matchup. But, yeah, I mean, call me Littlefinger. I yeah. get it, right? I, think, I don't know who to take. I think Miami's that. deeper than Boston. So, although okay. Boston's starting lineup is mm-hmm. arguably the, maybe the best in the East. Yeah. Once they get past that, like if Kemba has an off night or Kemba gets hurt or if, mm-hmm. you know, uh Brown gets isn't isn't good doesn't have his shot falling. Yeah. There's nobody coming off their bench to spell that. Yeah. Right. Whereas Miami, like we've seen today, Dragic was their leading scorer coming mm-hmm. off the bench. Yeah. So they're 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 much deeper, which will cause a problem, with more of a problem I think than Boston. Mm-hmm. But really, like you said, it, your your hope is that somewhere in there. There's an upset. Maybe in Indiana, <laughs> maybe in Indiana takes out a Boston yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or Something you know, crazy goes on. But because, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's going to be fun. The playoffs are going to be fun. And the Raptors are still looking really good in this NBA restart as they win their second game. An afternoon affair as they win 107 to 103 against the Miami Heat. Again, Fred Van Fleet leading the way with 36 points. Pascal Siakam with 22 with most of his damage coming in the first half. Pascal took the first half. Freddie took the second half. And that's the dub. The Miami Heat, they take the L in this one. And their bench really kept them in this game for the most part as Jimmy Butler only had 16 points in this game. Only took nine shots. And I don't know if that's a recipe for success 
for the Miami Heat if you're looking at their two all-stars in Jimmy Butler and Bam only combining for 26 points total. Freddie himself with 36. Yeah. I think we have to look. I mean, we didn't talk about it much because he didn't have a, the the big offensive game. Mm-hmm. But OG was on Bam for a lot of that a lot of that game, and Bam did not look like the Bam of the regular season. Yeah. So shout out to OG, another stellar defensive performance. Yeah, I mean OG's numbers. He was one of five in this game from the floor, seven points. But OG, you know what you're going to get on the defensive end. Yeah. And as we mentioned last game, he had a massive offensive game last game. And all I all I always tell Raptors fans is with the offense, be patient, Definitely. right? And I heard Nick Nurse in the pregame when he did the interview with uh, Matt Devlin. And he was talking about something. It was so interesting to hear him describe it. But he was saying for the young players, he knows that it's about consistency. And he tries to put it into five-game spurts. Yeah. And can you have two good games out of five because he's like very few people have five good games out of five but as you grow and develop can you get two good games out of five and if you get to three he's like i'll take that yeah it was an interesting way to look at it but it also explains why nick nurse is nick nurse yeah (laughs) uh well actually i was gonna wrap up the pod but there's one last thing we should bring up because i think raptors fans might be a little spicy about this so Woj broke the news Mm -hmm. that the coaches association voted for who the coach of the year is. And it was a tie between Billy Donovan and Mike Budenholzer for coach of the year with Nick Nurse finishing third, but just one vote behind them. Okay. Now, (laughs) everybody's obviously up in arms and, you know, the media, people are hoping the media gets it right and Nick Nurse gets the nod for the actual coach of the year award, the Mm -hmm. NBA coach of the year. But does this surprise you, the Coaches Association voting for Budenholzer and Billy, Billy Donovan over Nick Nurse? Or do you think Nick Nurse, like, is he head and shoulders the coach of the year? I think he's coach of the year. Okay. But I can see the argument. Nobody thought OKC was going to be. For sure. You know, look what OKC lost. Yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. nobody thought OKC was going to be anywhere near a playoff spot. Right, yeah. and and look where they ended up. Mm-hmm. And then like the Clippers aren't going to be happy with all those draft picks they got. Yeah, because <laughs> OKC's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, and then I can see Bolden Holzer best record in the league. I can so like it, can it, it's, it. I can see it. And he's one vote behind. Right? It's not like it wasn't close. Exactly. Right, and and I don't think even those who like most Raptor fans who think yes, Nick Nurse should be coach of the year. With all the injuries and still having the second best record and, and all all of those intangibles, I don't think any of us thought it was a it was like a unanimous decision. Yeah, it's not that, a runaway. It wasn't going to be a runaway, right? So at least he's in the conversation and they're close, and you know, hopefully the media does get it right. Yeah, uh, it'll be close, and I I just think Nick Nurse, I don't think he has to be the coach of the year because as you mentioned, I could understand the other arguments. I think the coaching, the coaches voting for it. Sometimes what tends to happen in the coaching fraternity is they'll vote more so based on your tenure. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so they'll give the nod to the older coaches more as sort of like a body of work before yeah. they're going to give it to the young buck second year head coach, right? Who comes in, does everything kind of different. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just, you know, We'll say that. But in terms of the media voting for it, we know the media loves storylines. And what storyline is better than the defending champs losing their best player, Kawhi going to 
the Clippers and the Raptors having a better record than they did last year with Kawhi. Just in terms of narrative and writing that story, you could see the media falling behind that. So my, I urge you Raptors fans, fear not. Nick Nurse will be getting his respect. And I assume or hope that he wins coach of the year. And you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'm sure he'll trade another championship ring (laughs) for a coach of the year. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, But yeah, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys for watching us here live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us because we do this live after every Toronto Raptors game. And we're just trying to add more people to the On Blast Wrap It Up family because your Toronto Raptors are the defending NBA champs. And they deserve to be getting the hype, the attention for what they're doing so far. So thank you guys for tuning in. And of course, if you ever miss the podcast live, don't worry. We got you covered as obviously it'll live on these places as well where you're watching it now if you want to catch the beginning. But also, we got you if you're on the go. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. We got you covered there as well with this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show on Blast's network. Q, really appreciate you stopping by. And where can the people hit you up and find you if they want to get your take on this Raptor season? All social media, that's Instagram and Twitter, at simply underscore just underscore Q. All spelled out properly. And then, of course, always at DDS Caps, at DDS Caps and DDScaps.com. Once again, brother, happy birthday. Thank you, my dude. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you know what? I know you mentioned it on the last pod because, you know, this is Carabana weekend. (laughs) And in Toronto, that means something a little different. So I, 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 you know, there's a segment of us, of the population, that like, this is supposed to be Carabana weekend slash OVO weekend and my birthday weekend. But I will say this, if I'm not able to do any of those things... Being here and watching the Raptors slap up teams and getting to do the podcast, I'm okay with that. So I'll take that for sure. Really appreciate you tuning in and joining me, Q, as well. Appreciate all the comments that everyone has sent in on all the different platforms. Was there something you wanted to know? Okay. Uh, Appreciate that. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and on Twitter at Shell Alexander. And once again, this is the Wrap It Up podcast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And I close out every podcast the exact same way because I really did. Oh, actually, this feels a little different on the birthday. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just hits a little different. Yeah. But I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.